Hello, friends. This is Nathan Powell. I co-host a brand new podcast called Dynasty Double Take with Dan Senio. We join the DLF family of podcasts with unique Dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format. Dan and I love to debate Dynasty, and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers, coaching, draft capital, and much, much more. Dynasty League Football.com and a DLF family of podcasts. That is James the Brain. John, I am so excited for this show. Our guest says my favorite words almost every time when he hosts his show. I'm not going to spoil it, but I can't wait. I'm ready. That is a Sam Malone of Dynasty Football. Jay Mike. So, walked into a bar last night. Woke up with a killer headache. <laughs> nice. Short, simple, right to the point. Yeah, love it. I'm w- wasting no time with my dad jokes. That's how it. That's how they all should be, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so fitting, the host of the open bar. Hey. With yeah. a joke about the yeah. bar, huh? <laughs> a bar joke, that's perfect. You yeah. got it, yes. No, so n- good. No nuns or anything, just... just one person walked into a bar. <laughs> just just one open bar host. I am John. The reason they opened the bar, the reason they closed the bar, Hogue. And this is a Super Flex Super Show. And we have one of our all-time favorites on here. First-time guest, long-time listener, long-time friend of the show, J. Mike, to help us. What You know what? We're not even, we don't even really have a... A format for this show we don't even have a theme we're just gonna do what what we what we do when we when we're hanging out with j mike we're gonna just sit around the bar and talk and we'll talk some super flex but j mike it's so good to have you here man really appreciate you coming on i am incredibly grateful to be here thank you guys very much for having me uh, Hogue, I hope that you're not going to pass out from just a lack of a show sheet and lack of structure. Um, <laughs> we can get through this together. Uh, just take my hand and, and we'll make it. We'll make it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I'm sweating. <laughs> I am. I just have sweat the meat pouring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't eat any meat. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> just like constantly checking my pulse. But yeah, this is uh, it's, it's a real treat for us to have you have you here man uh it's uh yeah it it is weird for me to not have a a show sheet but on the open bar you guys are you and gabe uh your co-host you're this is this is just how you guys do it this is this is uh standard practice for you guys so um i'll uh i might even have to defer to you a little bit on the (laughs) (laughs) this is basically like a second home at this point because uh no show sheet uh, just a lot of action, a lot of fun. We're going to talk. We're going to have a good time. Uh, and I think what's most important is the fact that above all else, we're bringing Super Flexi back. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keeping it Super Flexi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, that, that's yeah. a must. We got a guest <laughs> who gets it. He gets it. He, he knows. He knows what we're about, man. 
That's and, and I, I think it's going to be a blast, John. I, I you, don't worry, don't worry. Rest assured, we're just going to throw it up against the wall. We're going to see what sticks, and we're just going to fly by the seat of our pants. This one, I'm, 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 I'm excited for it. I'm ready for it. No structure, anything goes. It's kind of like a like a no DQ match, you know, in a in a wrestling Ooh. show. It's just, yeah, man, anything goes. You know, falls count anywhere. You can brawl in the back or in the audience. You know, like that. That's that's. That's always the best, man, because you never know what could happen. It can go anywhere. So I- I'm excited for it. That's the way I'm looking at it, John. This is a, this is a false count anywhere, no holes barred, you know, whatever whatever you want goes type of type of thing here. Just as long I mean, as I don't have better? to just as long as I don't have to be body slammed into a pit of thumbtacks. Uh, I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know no. where we're gonna go, Jay Mike. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no two by fours wrapped in barbed wire or anything like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Falls can count anywhere, but yeah, don't don't throw me off of anything bigger than, you know, a couple inches high. So James is kind of trapped indoors, uh, up in the Arctic of Wisconsin. And uh, I, I, what I gather from this is just kind of hanging out and watching reruns of this of the Royal Rumble. That seems to be <laughs> that seems to be where your mind is at, right? Yeah, I had to get I had to get ready for this show, and the Royal Rumble is pretty good because it's just utter chaos. I mean, there's no structure; you have no idea who's coming out when, and especially this this last Royal Rumble because people who were supposed to be in it just got beat up and. Someone just took their place or whatever, and there was just no. It was just chaos, and that's what I what I figured the show was going to be. So yeah, I did my prep. I watched some Royal Rumbles, John, and uh, I did some prep work for it. Um, you know, as much as I could. So I'm ready for the ensuing chaos and everything else that comes with it. Nice. So for I, I feel like we're going to build up this show for like an hour, and then <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> this is this is we're we're getting ready for this. This is going to be chaos. This is going to be no structure. Next thing we know, this episode's going to be over. We're going to be all right. That's our time, guys. It's been fun. Appreciate you guys. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, also. I am. uh, I'm also grateful that I wasn't one of those who got randomly beat up and uh, taken out of consideration for this uh, this Superflex Royal Rumble. I'm glad I wasn't the john cena of this episode maybe that's travis oh. on this one or something travis, travis suffered yeah he suffered an injury and uh and he wasn't able to compete so someone had to take his spot but uh you know, we'll have to wish the best for travis and hope that he recovers well from uh from the injury he re- he uh <laughs> you know he suffered in the pre-show so yeah. yeah i think at this point the only question becomes obviously with with Travis not being here, with me stepping up, real question is, where do we even want to start with this show? So many directions, so many things, so many options. John, where where do you want to go? What makes you most comfortable? Uh, at this point, I kind of want to just hide under the covers in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> as far as my comfort goes, that ship has sailed. But let's let's see what we can do. So, because speaking of Travis, Travis led the charge. On, uh, on on accumulating some Superflex ADP data for us, um, the first the first time since uh, before the season started, before the 2018 season started. So now we've got some fresh Superflex ADP. You can find that at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. 
So make sure and check that out before you start doing your startup drafts. But maybe we can look at this a little bit and uh, we'll find some talking points for sure. Um, it, there's one glaring one right off the top for me. So uh, pulling up the the DLF Superflex ADP here. The, again, this is Superflex for January of 2019. And I notice that out of the four mock drafts, that Travis orchestrated, only one of them, Saquon Barkley, didn't go with the first overall pick. He fell to number two behind Patrick Mahomes, which I I, I can get on board with Pat Mahomes as the number one far more than I can any freaking running back. But I want to get you guys' thoughts. I want to I want to see if this is is this as outrageous to you as it is to me. This, as far as me settling in and getting comfortable, opening up this Superflex ADP and seeing Saquon Barkley right at the top is a step in the wrong direction. Where are you guys at with this? <laughs> James, James, I'll let you have first crack at it. Oh, my God, John, you're so wrong. Saquon <laughs> Barkley is the number one pick. I, <sighs> I don't know what this guy has to do to win you over. Like, I, I don't I, – does he have to – Put up the numbers at running back, and also, you know, he has to learn um, how to throw outscore the ball. Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I'm thinking he's going to have to do because I this guy, dude, 21 years old, and what he did on a bad New York Giants team was, I mean, just stellar. I and and I'm thinking that you know everything looks like it's going to be the same going in there. I I don't see any reason why Barkley doesn't improve on those already impressive numbers. And, you know, if you're going to take a running back early, this is the guy that you take. I mean, you, you still have years of bankable production that you can get out of Barkley. You know, uh, I, I would think you would have a problem with, you know, maybe Todd Gurley at two um, because, you know, he's, he's three years older and he's suffered some injuries and he's he's got a more wear and tear on the tires. I would have thought that would have been where you went, but no. You went with uh, you went for Saquon, and I I think you're absolutely uh, nuts. Saquon Barkley is oh the slam God. dunk number one pick for me. You are why I don't. It, this oh, wait, went, wait wait wait. This went from me. This went from you know kind of a shaky, feverish, sweaty discomfort for me to just straight, straight up stomach discomfort. Just <laughs> just shook my bowels loose with that one, and now. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish this episode anymore. I'm I'm sitting a, 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 about an inch off of my seat right now because this is <laughs> that's <laughs> speaking that's of a, that's a, <laughs> that's an early match finisher right there. That's what <laughs> yeah, I just did to you. So. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it <laughs> you're is. weary. You 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 just gave the dynasty the superflex dynasty equivalent of the brown noise just came out of your freaking mouth just now. <laughs> Jay I'm Mike. not sure how to take that. Jay Mike, what you, come on, you gotta break yeah, where, this tie. Where are you at with this, uh, Jay Mike? Listen, the, the the first of all, the fact that John Hoke's finisher is brown noise is just golden. <laughs> like that's that's amazing. <laughs> Second, uh the, the first thing that I opened when we opened up this ADP data, the first thing that I saw was the little inside out gif of anger. Uh, the movie Inside Out of anger and his like blowing his lid with fire. I feel like that's what John Hogue sees or like that's what he is when he sees Saquon Barkley at number one. Correct. Uh, like that, that it, that's just automatic. Um, in terms of breaking the tie, uh, yes, Saquon's fantastic. Yes, 
uh, Saquon is amazing. And I think that I would rather, and, and hear me out here, kind of straddling the line, I think that Saquon's value, value in terms of what you can probably get for him in a league is going to be greater than what you can get for Mahomes. But I don't blame you, John, for taking Mahomes or actually Aaron Rodgers. I know he's a lot, got you like a lot as well um, mm-hmm. at the top of a draft. But Saquon, like, he, it, how, how can you deny him at this point? I, I just, there's not enough, there's not enough good things that happened to him this year that could even bring a shadow of a doubt of him being the guy moving forward. If the offense becomes any more, uh, you know, less of a dumpster fire as it pertains to Eli quarterback, the offensive line improving slightly, which they did over the year. Uh, if there's any semblance of life for this team, it all runs through him. Uh, so I, I, I get it. I, I get it. And I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say it, but Saquon probably is the guy there at one one That, yeah. Okay. That, that, that actually uh, didn't land nearly as as poorly as I thought it was. I thought I was gonna have to start wearing diapers for this show, but that yeah, that's I mean that's clearly that's reasonable. I mean he's this is average draft position and he's going number one. So you know clearly he's in, in the average player dynasty player's eyes he has the most value. The I, the problem for me is, you know, you you go through your superflex startup draft, you you know you pass on quarterbacks for your first couple rounds. Next thing you know, you're competing with everybody for the for that small pool of quarterbacks. You're gonna come out of it. it you're not gonna be happy with your quarterbacks when you come out of that. You're gonna they're gonna they're going to be people who come out of that with. You know, combinations that look like Tom Brady and Jameis Winston or, you know, Matthew Stafford and Nick Foles. And people are going to go into the 2019 season in a super flex league with that combination of quarterbacks. And that and I don't know how they could possibly feel comfortable with that. So, you know, that to me, that's why I always say, first of all, that quarterbacks are their absolute cheapest in the startup draft because when you come out of the draft and then you realize, oh, crap, I needed some quarterbacks and it, it better than better than what I was kind of left with, now you have to trade Saquon Barkley to get some quarterback help, you know? And so it was, it was kind of a wasted pick. Mm, I will beg to differ. But that is, <laughs> yeah. But no, that's but, cool. but I but I I understand what you're saying. Here's here's the problem. I'm in too many leagues with John Bosch, where he <laughs> to some degree punts quarterback. Like literally, literally in a 56 man league, I watched a man make it to the finals again, be top four out of 56 by having Nick Mullins, Joe Flacco, and Eli Manning as his quarterbacks. Whoa, I. I'm scarred for life. Uh, I don't think that I can even. I, I don't. I, it, it was gross, but it was amazing because the rest of his roster was so rock solid everywhere else. So, and I think that's part of my problem mm-hmm. is I, I, I've seen it. I've seen success come by if you if you prioritize quarterback, you can do so, but you don't have to necessarily do it at the top of the draft. There are other ways to get the production and, and get by while maximizing on top tier talent uh, in our respective 
positions that we're typically starting more folks from. So I think that that's I think that's the thing because Saquon uh, and I don't, I don't I'm not big on points above replacement or, or things of that nature, but what Saquon what Saquon brings to you uh, versus what I don't know if you have a guy like. Uh, I don't know. Let's go to down to David Johnson this season um, as your number one. Like the advantage is is absurd. And obviously Mahomes, he's not going to throw fifty touchdowns and five thousand yards every season. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's possible. Maybe he's got a cheat code, uh, a living game shark, if you will. But if if he does, then then that's amazing. But the, the, the advantage that Saquon brings is absurd. So yeah, that's definitely true. So that that league that. John Bosch just kind of ran through with with no-name quarterbacks. Is that – what year are we in in that league? This is the first season. I mean, okay. it's, a, it's, it's a Scott Fish Picks, picks 3 um, league. And if you give me a moment, I will bring up his roster just to be able to tell you how absurd uh, it, it is. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Yeah. In the meantime – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, John. Uh, okay, so this is his team, right? And this is a like a like a points per carry uh, running back premium league, tight end premium. Um, his running backs are Todd Gurley, David Johnson, and Alvin Kamara. Okay, wide receivers, he's got DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson, and at tight end, he's got Evan Ingram and George Kittle. And his quarterbacks, I, I kid you not, I can't make this up. <laughs> Andy, Dal- <laughs> Andy Dalton. Who went on IR? Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, Nick Mullins, and Nathan Peter. John Bosch is the one who has ruined me from quarterback being at the top of a draft. Like being able to watch him maneuver that the way that he does without it, when he places the premium on these heavy load running backs and other positions, um, he, he's made me question everything about quarterback at the very top of the draft. Yeah, yeah. and and that. I, I, I totally get that in that format that that makes sense. However, the one thing I will argue is that if you get those quarterbacks early, you can you can flip them because they're going to be so valuable after the draft, especially in a you know in a fifty six team. I mean, I'm assuming it's probably is it is it broken up into like twelve team divisions? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I st- I still Very feel close. like that those quarterbacks are going to be so valuable that you can flip them for running backs and wide receivers, especially in season when injuries start happening. Um, and if you want to build your team that way, I would still argue that taking the the quarterbacks early might not be a bad move, um, just because I still think you can build your team the way that that John built his team there. Um, you know, by by doing that. But I, I guess that's part of part of it is going to be reading the draft. Um, and seeing kind of where those players go, um, you know, how high quarterbacks go and that sort of thing. Because um, obviously I would, I would draft for value, but, but I'd, I wouldn't shy away from taking a quarterback, I guess, even if I wanted to build my team that way. But that is really interesting that he was able to win with those quarterbacks. That's, uh, yeah, it, it's absurd. It's absurd. Yeah. And, I, and I think that the, one of the keys of, of uh, at the top of your draft is just don't, don't lose it. In the beginning, right? You can do a lot of things. You can go a lot of different ways. You can win a lot of different ways. If you want to go quarterback, go quarterback. But if you swing and you miss in those first rounds, like it just presents so much trouble. You're digging yourself out of a hole from there on. So don't screw up number. Don't screw up number one. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. That's fair, and that's where. I mean, I I I don't think I wouldn't 
I personally would not want to go into go beyond the 2019 season with Saquon Barkley. That's and that's part of my reasoning for you know going against him in uh, uh, for at the top of the draft for dynasty purposes. But you know just just because of the way running backs wear down and lose their jobs faster and I don't think Saquon Barkley is necessarily that but I do think that he's just by virtue of playing the running back position it's just such a volatile position and it makes those players you know you constantly have to be replacing them and churning through them and you know finding the next the the next fresh set of legs whereas you know with with both quarterbacks and wide receivers you know once you've got them you've got them you know they're they're there for a while and you can kind of build your foundation you know you're you're building a castle here for your dynasty if you build it on on shaky ground with these running backs that you're going to have to replace within the next you know two or three years it at the absolute most you have to tear down the entire structure you know to to get it back to a point where your roster makes sense you know you you can't have you know old quarterbacks and young wide receivers and and you know running backs who are who are expiring you know as far as their their uh fantasy relevance so well, that, let me let, let me pose a question question then for you, Hogue. Yeah. Um, how far down would one have to go, and then we can we can close the book on on this debate here at one hundred and one. How far down would you have to be drafting or going before you're okay taking Saquon? Hmm. Well, <laughs> and it it is a tough thing because so part of part of where I was going was the fact that I mean you're right it's. The, the safe thing to do is to take the guy with the most value right now, which is Saquon Barkley. I do have him ranked as, I believe, number 12 overall. So um, it, it, he's the first running back. He's the only running back I would take in the first round of a startup draft, and I would take him at the end of the draft if, you know, if, if everybody is behaving the way they're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> But children, not... children, <laughs> sit down, young man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that tight end, stay away. Don't you do that? <laughs> um, but you know the fact that here I am. Uh, I I have to. Uh, this is my new catchphrase now after my time on the open bar. But uh, here I am fighting back the frontiers of ignorance <laughs> and losing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty pretty consistently, um, and therefore, you know, I I know that Saquon Barkley is not going to fall as far as I have him in my rankings. So, I I would probably knowing that I would probably take him somewhere in the middle of the first round, and I and I would feel okay. I would be okay with that. You know, I I would feel like there's a good chance that a that a quarterback that I would feel good about comes back to me, um, in the second round, kind of in the middle of the second round, and I think I could still find a wide receiver one in the third round, 
Um, and, and I would feel okay about that. I would feel like I've got a foundation that isn't going to have to be, you know, torn down and rebuilt uh, in the near future. Even if Saquon Barkley does fall into the same trap that all running backs fall into and, and the injuries start piling up and, you know, the committee approach catches up to him and, and things like that. So, I yeah, I would feel comfortable with him uh, in the middle of the first round. But, yeah, I mean, technically I do have him ranked number 12. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Well, I, I got a quick question then. Real quick, guys, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to read off the top 12 here on the uh, the Dynasty League football um, yeah, Superflex ADP here that we have. And, uh, John, I, we heard that you, you know, obviously took issue with Saquon being at one. But I wonder, J. Mike, if there's a player on this list. And after I read it off, let me know if there's a player or two that stand out to you that maybe you're a little higher on or lower on um, than their current ADP. So um, I'll read them off right quick. Number one is Saquon Barkley. Uh, number two is Todd Gurley. Three is Patrick Mahomes. Four is DeAndre Hopkins. At five, we have Alvin Kamara. At six, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. At seven is Christian McCaffrey. Eight is Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, nine is Michael Thomas. Ten is Devontae Adams. Eleven is Juju Smith-Schuster. And twelve is Tyreek Hill. J. Mike, is there anybody that stands out to you on that list that you think should be higher or lower? There's nothing that's glaringly crazy, but um, I do take issue uh, with Michael Thomas. Uh, at, at number nine, and and I like Michael Thomas. I think he's a fantastic player, uh, and <laughs> I've, I've had many discussions with folks because he's on a team uh, that I actually uh, made it to a championship game with, but I lost. Um, Michael Thomas is someone, obviously, who just we watched have one of the most efficient seasons. Um, we watched him be the primary target in a Drew Brees-led offense. He was fantastic. Target hog, made plays left and right, all those good things. The question becomes, Drew Brees isn't going to play forever. Drew Brees is fantastic. Hall of Fame quarterback, he's fantastic. Um, with all the weapons that are in New Orleans, you continue to lean on the fact that there's always going to be enough for uh, Drew Brees' number one target. My problem becomes, Michael Thomas, we watched toward the end of the year, be someone who wasn't everything and wasn't carrying your fantasy teams the way that you would have hoped. Uh, prior to, uh, he was very good all season long. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to try to paint this to to be some case of he's not good. That's not what I'm saying. My only thing is there are a couple of guys I take ahead of him that are behind him, namely Devontae Adams, namely Juju, namely Tyreek Hill. Uh, and I still love Melvin Gordon. Uh, and I'm not even the biggest of Mike Evans fans, but I think that I even put Mike Evans above him. So Michael Thomas is somebody who I think is a little bit higher uh, than I'm willing to go, but uh, I, I probably have him in maybe the 15 range, whereas most folks have him right there in their top, top 10. So, yeah, that's that's my quote-unquote beef, if you will. Well, I I, uh, I already know I'm going to be fighting a losing <laughs> battle on two fronts here uh, because Michael Thomas is my number one wing. Uh, dynasty wide receiver. Oh God! Uh, and 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 when I when I say that, John uh, immediately kind of brings up the uh, the Drew Brees not being around, uh, you know, forever thing. And you know, next year really might be his last season. I mean, I believe it's the last year he's under contract. Um, so I I don't know. You know, I I know reading quotes he was he, he he'll be back next year, uh, but he's owed a lot of money, so it makes sense. But after that, I I don't know. You know, he hasn't commented. It's been pretty quiet on that front. I don't I don't know. So 
there is some concern there. But I, I just overall, Michael Thomas's talent to me is just it, it leaps off the screen when I watch him play. Um, and I think that he can. I, I think he's going to be good enough to be a, a top receiver anywhere. Um, I do. I do think that some of those concerns that you had at the end of the year, J. Mike, are valid. But I also feel like you know th- this New Orleans cast. They they've got Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, and then I mean just a just I mean Ted Ginn got hurt. Uh, Traquan Smith didn't really you know do much, and then they they brought in Kirkwood and and Josh Hill and and Ben Watson. I mean they they didn't really have guys that I think the defense had to respect, and I think it got to the point where defenses knew. We got a key on two guys here, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, and that's it. Like, because if we do that, I, you know, let's let's make Drew Brees try to beat us, going to some of these other options, and I, I don't think that he could do that consistently. Um, I expect New Orleans to upgrade their offense uh, this Bingo. year, uh, some of those weapons, and I I think that helps Michael Thomas though. I think establishing another uh, target there um, that that can take some of the pressure off of Michael Thomas is going to help him. Um, you know, they're, they're going to get some, uh, some cap relief with Mark Ingram leaving. Um, well, I mean, he, he's probably leaving, uh, cause you know, he's not under contract unless they resign him. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think I, I, I expect that to happen. And I think, I think that's good for Michael Thomas. I don't think it's bad, uh, that they're going to bring in another target across from him that can maybe help, uh, you know, help kind of free him up. So, I'm not overall all that worried about it. As a matter of fact, when I look at some of the other receivers um, that you mentioned, I, I have concerns about them. Um, you know, like Devontae Adams, uh, he had a fantastic season. But I mean, there's a new coaching staff there. I have no idea kind of what to expect. Um, you know, moving forward, there's there's some. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what Green Bay is planning on doing with their offense. Um, are they going to rely on these young receivers again, or you know, is Aaron Rodgers pushing to bring in a veteran? I, I don't know. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, it might be his first year without Antonio Brown starting across from him, and he's going to have to answer some questions there. Why? Well, I like him wait, very wait, much. Wait, 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 wait. Did wait real quick? Mm-hmm. Do you do you know where Juju Smith-Schuster ranked in targets this year? I I, I don't, but I do know that um, that he was very high. I, I do remember he was seeing, fourth. He yeah, was fourth yeah, in the he, league. <laughs> he was he was very high, and I, while I don't and think was, those targets are going to go down. And wasn't he I, right I, behind? He was right behind Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Right? They were Which, they were three and four. <laughs> and yeah. so I mean, you've got to assume that Antonio Brown vacates all those targets, and some of those go to Juju. That 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 should be a, a bump for him. So I, not to not to not to throw. Man, I just totally just kind of came in the middle of this and and just. Pulled a pin out of the grenade and ran away. I just cropped us, you, you guys. That's pretty much what he just did. <laughs> yeah, I uh, real not, quick just to finish my thought. I, I do, I, I do agree with Sorry, you guys. Sorry, James. His, his, <laughs> you should be. You should be. All right. I was mid thought, and and that's not good for me. That's not a good place to be. Um, no, but I, 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 you guys are right. I mean, I, I do think his targets are going to stay the same. If not, they may increase, which, which is great. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, eventually, when you start losing some of these targets, defenses are going to key on taking Juju Smith-Schuster away, right? Well, let's make other targets beat us, that type of thing. When defenses start game planning that way, I just grow concerned that, you know, maybe that that player is not going to be as efficient, you know, 
the, at least the first half of the next season, you know, until he kind of adjusts. So I like uh, Smith-Schuster a lot. Um, but, I mean, there's just growing concerns with these wide receivers. Odell Beckham's another one who can't seem to stay healthy. Um, but people are still really high on him, and I don't – I. I would rather have a Michael Thomas than an Odell Beckham um, on my fantasy team. So I, I guess that's 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 where I stand. But, uh, John, you want to take the last word here because I know I know <laughs> that you feel uh, you feel a little differently. Well, yeah, I, I, the problem is I come down right in the middle of between you guys because I, it, so it's interesting to me because we we tend to knock Michael Thomas down a little bit because he might get a quarterback change and we also bump down Odell Beckham Jr. because he might not get a quarterback change it, it just kind of tells me that it, and I, I get that they're two totally different quarterbacks but I think that there's something to be said for continuity and that's kind of what we're saying with Michael Thomas is that at some point he's going to lose that continuity and that's not a good thing you know, but it, it just it, it tells me that the quarterback might not have quite as much to do with it as as what we generally think. You know, the fact that Odell Beckham going to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. getting a, a totally different quarterback, we would consider that an upgrade, you know, without knowing who it is. That's that's something that would compel us to move. At least for me, it would compel me to move Odell Beckham Jr. up. It just it, it just tells me that the the quarterback position is is a it's a small part of what goes into this. Now I do have him ranked. Like I said, I mean I'm kind of in between you guys. Um, I I could certainly make the argument for uh, for uh, I I could easily make the the argument for DeAndre Hopkins. And in fact, that's how I have him ranked. He's he's the number one wide receiver to me. I can make the argument for for Devonte Adams and Juju Smith Schuster and Tyreek Hill, and for them, it is part of it is continuity. You know, even though I I don't know that any of those guys is as talented as Michael Thomas is. I think that they just have a more stable quarterback situation. So that that certainly makes a, a little bit of a difference but you know i i could put any one of those guys ahead of michael thomas but i i i'm not quite there yet so and it, and, it, and it's not that and it's not that michael tom again i don't want people to walk away acting like i'm saying michael thomas isn't good at football he's fantastic yeah, you, you hate him totally. i know <laughs> no. you can't stand michael thomas you i am not it. a michael thomas hater michael thomas uh no he's he's great mm-hmm. it's just that as in terms of him being the third wide receiver off of the board right now for Superflex ADP for January, mm-hmm. I think he should probably be more around, I don't know, seven or eight. But, again, he's he's great, and I'll let other people take him if I can. And if that's the case, if I have Michael Thomas on my team, then that means that I should be able to get, you know, if we're looking at ADP values, hey, can I get Mike Evans with a little bit sprinkled on to, to upgrade the position? Like, can I take advantage of the value while I can because – uh, all those guys in that top seven area, they're all fantastic. They're all young, uh, a lot of years left. So um, if I can take the, this information that we're looking at, him being wide receiver three, and get one of these guys behind him with a you know plus, uh, I think I'm happy to make that make that change. Yeah, it, it, to me that's a totally totally valid point. And you know, not only that, I I think that Michael Thomas is probably capped at wide receiver three. You know, I. I can't imagine 
I, I can't envision a scenario where they get a new quarterback. They move on, you know, Drew Brees retires, they get a new quarterback, and whoever that guy is compels me to move Michael Thomas ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, who has Deshaun Watson, you know? So to me, there's not really a path for Michael Thomas to go beyond wide receiver three. There is a path, however, for Juju. There's a path for Tyree Kill. There's a path for Devontae Adams. And so, you know, there's something to be said for, you know, taking taking a little bit of hit of a hit at the floor, you know, for the for the ceiling, for the possibility that these guys continue to climb where Michael Thomas is probably as high as he's going to get. I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting uh, point that we bring up as far as tying tying wide receiver production to the quarterback position because, you know, I, I it would be interesting to see the numbers on on stuff like that. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins for years didn't have a quarterback before Watson, and he was still considered one of the top wideouts just because, I mean, he, he was still putting up solid numbers. Um it, sometimes it almost seems like the type of quarterback, you know, matters. Like a guy like Tom Brady takes advantage of matchups. You know, he knows he knows what the defense is doing, and he knows where he's going with the ball before the ball snaps. Most most times, you know, it seems that way. And so, you know, over the past few years, we haven't really seen a wide receiver production over there. I mean, Brandon Cooks had a year, but then you know, you look at Randy Moss, and Randy Moss was just a supreme talent, and the guy put up you know career numbers in his in his in one season there. So. Um, you know, it, it, to me, it's just, it, it's interesting to where, you know, you, sometimes you look at a quarterback and you, you try to try to envision, you know, what, you know, do they, do they like to, to key on one guy? Do they like to, you know, or do they like to spread the ball around? And then, you know, sometimes it almost seems like it doesn't even matter because, um, the player is so talented that no matter what quarterback it is, I mean, um, for a while we saw Josh Gordon have his big breakout season. And I mean, the Browns used two different quarterbacks that year. Um, and none of them, neither of them were very good. I think it was, uh, you know, Derek Anderson was probably the main guy there. So, uh, you know, it, it is interesting how we tie that together and how we look at that and it makes sense to do so, but I don't, I don't know how accurate that that would be to, to do so. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just kind of thinking off the top of my head here. Definitely. So we've talked about running backs. We've talked about, well, a running back. We've talked about <laughs> wide receivers. It's a quarterback-centric podcast, though, so let's get to the quarterbacks for just a minute here. Man, I'm making this sound like there's a format to it, and there's not, and I'm still <laughs> still sweating. But, yeah, we're. Uh, I here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I've got the, the quarterback ADP in front of me, and I'll, I'm just going to go down the list and uh, give you the names. And I want you guys to stop me when you find somebody who you feel like is either too low or too high. Ooh, this is like a reverse engineered like Yodeler from uh, Price is Right. I like this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, so Pat Mahomes, quarterback one. No issues there. Andrew Luck is number two. Aaron Rodgers is number three. <coughs> uh oh <laughs> no, uh and hogue i don't even i don't i don't want you to to boot me off of the pod <laughs> mid pod uh i just wanted to clear my throat there um <laughs> i want to say something about rogers sure. um you really you really can't go 
Uh, he's fantastic. So uh, just just pointing to uh, what James said previously, obviously with the coaching change, you, you, you'd you like to think that there is going to be a bump coming because everyone and their mom felt like McCarthy was holding Rodgers back. Now we get to see. Um, there won't be any excuses now. Uh, there won't be any, any anyone else that they can lay fault at uh, if for whatever reason – uh, Green Bay isn't good. Like, obviously, he was hurt this year. Lots of things were working against Aaron Rodgers. I'm just curious how he bounces back. So, I don't hate it at three. Uh, I just want to. I just want to make sure that we're we're all in. We're, we're all good here to, to keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I I have him at number one. I'm okay with having with putting him at number three. I mean, the only reason I've still got him at number one is because I I don't like it when we get too hasty with these guys. And start moving them up too much, or or dropping them down too far, you know, uh, too early. Because there is a possibility that that he bounces back, and you know, we know what he's capable of. So it, it's it to me, it's it's a little too early to bail on him. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, one more season, and then we've got to say, all right, for dynasty purposes, he's not, you know, the quarterback one days are are behind us so uh, quick note too right real quick um also just he is the oldest quarterback in the top 10 uh of quarterbacks here um as far as the uh super flex adp goes in the top 10 he is the oldest at 35 mm-hmm. um so eventually that's got to start becoming a concern i don't know that it does now because he hasn't really shown any signs of slowing down but um you know, coming up in the the next next year or two, I mean, it, that that might start to be a growing concern for him as well, right? That's a fact. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely could. As long as there's somebody who's younger than him who, you know, is going to is going to perform consistently. So that's yeah. It in until we get to that point, or you know, just that thirty nine, forty year old range, and you know, any any season could be his last then then he starts to drop a little bit for me but for now it's still performance based so number four deshaun watson number five jared goff i I do take umbrage with goff at five thank you sorry I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) thank you And, and we don't have to park here long but just real quick uh, last season, Jared Goff, and I think this is going to stick in the craw of a lot of people. Uh, Jared Goff had some fantastic highs. He had a really good year from a fantasy perspective. The problem becomes um, he gives you three games this year that were less than double digits, which I feel like it's it's hard for a quarterback not to score double digit points. First of all, uh, but he, he managed to do so three times. One of which being negative. He had a game against the Bears. In the in week one of your playoffs, week fourteen, Oof, yeah, he gave you negative point three points with four interceptions and one hundred eighty yards passing and no touchdowns. Um, I, listen, Goff's awesome. McVay's in a good system. I mean, McVay's obviously got a fantastic system. Uh, hey, the whole check with me thing before the play starts. Um, we we all love Jared Goff. We all love the Rams. It's wonderful. Like, hey, p- pour a cup. It's great. That's cheers to the good life. But I, I like there are several guys that I like to have in front of him, uh, including the guy right behind him, Russell Wilson, um, and and a couple others. But Jerry Goff at five is a little high for me. Just want to throw that out there. 
No, I, I totally agree. Yep, absolutely. I, I think I have him more like quarterback eight, if I remember right. So, yeah, I'm I'm totally – and we're going to get to a guy who right now I have above him but uh, might need to – might need to change some things up. Uh, we'll get to him in a few minutes, but um, yeah, so totally agree. So yeah, number six is Russell Wilson. Yeah, you can stop stop right there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have Russell Wilson as my third uh, ranked quarterback in uh, in Superflex Dynasty. Yeah, I, yes. I think at six is insanely low. Yeah, all right. I I'm getting some support here on this one, so I, I feel <laughs> strong about it now. Uh, no, I just I, Russell Wilson. Look, I mean that the, the, Seattle wasn't supposed to be good this year. Uh, this was the year that you know everything was falling apart. The defense wasn't looking good. They they have a bunch of new guys in there. You know what? They didn't really have any receivers. Doug Baldwin got hurt, and they. I this was the year that they were supposed to have a down year, and Russell Wilson just said, you know what? I'll, I I'll I'll make do with this, and he did. And I I was impressed. I think if 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 Russell Wilson can do what he did last year with the roster that he had and the surrounding talent that he had and that offensive line that he had, things are things are going to eventually start getting better. And I think they start this season. Um, you know, I, I think a solid draft and, and bringing in some some offseason uh, uh, additions as far as free agency goes. I think Seattle will start to slowly get better, and we're just going to see a better Russell Wilson than what we saw last season. Um, we've already seen him perform at an elite level. This guy is consistent. He seems to be putting up points uh, week in and week out now. Um, and so that's, that's to me, Russell Wilson is definitely a top five option. Um, I've got him top three, and uh, I feel good about that. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm interested to hear. Do you guys think that, uh, well, I, uh, J. Mike, I think, has my, uh, has my back on this. I think he supports <laughs> Clearly, me. But, this yeah, what, what do you think with Russell Wilson? Yeah. It's a, it's <laughs> yeah. a little bit of a tell. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's good where he's at. I mean, yeah, he he definitely outperformed, but he was still a quarterback nine. It's it's not, you know, it, it wasn't anything close to, you know, what he what he did in the previous two seasons. So, it's, I don't know. I and and I don't I don't know that the philosophy is going to change there. You know, I it's. First of all, part of what got him to quarterback nine is Tyler Lockett catching a, a touchdown pretty much every time he touched the ball. You know, he he had a a seventeen and a half percent touchdown rate, I believe. So, I, I, and he was scoring a touchdown pretty much every game for a while there. That that buoyed Russell Wilson quite a bit. They also, I I think that the philosophy still is going to be a focus on the run, and especially as they build that defense back up even more, they're it's going to go right back to, you know, the those Seattle teams that we've seen in the past with, you know, control the control the ball, control the clock on offense with the running game, and then you know win with defense. So, um, I I I we know what Russell Wilson's capable of, so I think he belongs. I've got him number five. I think, you know, he's he's one spot too low, and that's because Jared Goff got a little bit more hype than what he should. But uh, okay. I, I, I think he's okay where he's at. The the only things I want to toss in real quick on Russell, and we can keep him moving. With with Wilson, obviously, like you said, Schottenheim uh, is still there. So yeah. we're still looking at a case where the philosophy is probably not going to change. They still saw a lot of success in the running game. Um, they were able to protect Wilson to some degree. Offensive line was much improved. All those good things, right? 
but here's the thing. So, so while you probably didn't draft Russell Wilson to be QB nine in, in that sense, um, do you know who was last in the league in passing attempts last season? Seattle, 427 attempts all on the arm of Russell Wilson. He, and like you said, his efficiency was fantastic. He ended up with 35 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He didn't even throw for 3,500 yards. So like, yes, all those things are kind of wonky to some degree, but if the attempts go up at all, which again, this was his lowest attempts since his sophomore season, um, where he threw for 407. So when, when you're looking at the things that, that went really well for them. Like, obviously, he's always been a pretty efficient uh, deep ball passer specifically, which plays right into Tyler Lockett being as fantastic as he was. But even on top of that, like the rushing this year for Russell Wilson, he had zero rushing touchdowns, which yeah. is kind of crazy to think about, right? So, and he only gave you 67 attempts total on the season, which again, is the, is excuse me, I'm sorry, that's not correct. Let me go back. I'm, I'm on pro football reference. And I'm trying to navigate 15 things at once. So I apologize. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I was right. Yeah. 67 attempts on the year, which was the least amount that he's run in his career. So if, if we're talking about things regressing to the mean per, per se, obviously the rushing is probably going to go up in terms of uh, attempts and touchdowns. When, and even if the, the touchdowns come down, uh, Russell Wilson's still a guy who's going to just put it on the line for you week in and week out. And while Here's the thing. I think he's going to be one of those guys who can end up being a top five quarterback. But at this point, you probably don't even have to take him as a top five quarterback because people are kind of sleeping on him and they're looking at the offense and everything doesn't look so sunny in, in Seattle. So um, I, I love Russell Wilson. He's fantastic uh, in, in the QB prime age, I would say, at this point. So he's uh, he's just he's he's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. It, to me, it's just the fact that the guys ahead of him, certainly Mahomes, Luck, and Rodgers. You know, the offense runs through those guys, It's a and it's a pass-first offense in all three cases. Deshaun Watson is kind of along the same lines. His is more out of necessity than out of scheme. The offensive line is just so bad that, you know, that they end up in some negative situations where, you know, he, he just has to throw a lot, so... Um, and then you get, and how many times did he successfully bail them out this year? Like every game, in the yeah, fourth yes. course, he was yeah, making yeah. plays, he's, right? He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Turn that into one of the best offenses in the league. So it's that's that's why I've got him at number four, and it, you know, it, uh, one spot ahead of Russell Wilson for me in ADP. It's two spots, but I and I mean, you're, you're splitting hairs at that point. Yep, you are. But that's that's how you split them for me. So, uh, yeah, I'm okay with where Russell Wilson's at. I'd like to see him a spot, one spot higher, but, you know, six is about right. So number seven is Baker Mayfield. Sorry, I'm going to stop it again here. <laughs> yep. All right. I, Just I, everybody all at once. Nope. Uh, yeah, I uh, look, and, and I – I, I didn't even want to do it. I didn't even want to stop it because I know people, our listeners are probably shaking their head like, oh, look, more Baker hate from James. Look, <laughs> no, it's not that. I, I Look, Baker proved a lot to me his first year, and uh, and I, I'm, I'm excited about him. But QB7, man, I mean, you're drafting him in his absolute peak right now. I mean, that's... That's insane. Some of the some of the names he's going over are guys who have proven year in and year out that they can be a top fantasy option. Baker hasn't proven that yet. 
Um, I know that you're drafting him on potential at that point. You're, you know, hopefully you're looking at the next Patrick Mahomes. I just, I, I don't see it. Um, I, the, the running game there is still still going to be prominent, especially later in the year when the weather gets bad in that AFC North. Um, you know, Baker can make plays with his legs, and I, I like what Baker can do. I, I think I, I think I have him at 11 right now, but I could see someone taking him around 8 or 9 even. I wouldn't have too much of a problem with that, but but seven to me is just it's too high. Um, you know, the the highest I think he should go is probably nine, um, and seven to me is just I mean you're drafting him like I said at his absolute peak. Uh, I don't think his value's there, so I don't I don't think I could I could take him there. Yeah, yeah, I actually agree, and I love Baker Mayfield, but yeah, it's it's a little too high at this point, especially considering number eight is a guy who I have at number six um so it's not horrible but and man and it was hard for me to to knock him down even that far but Carson Wentz is number eight anybody else have an issue with that one you talk you talk about life coming at you fast yeah (laughs) no kidding (laughs) we 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 turn back the turn back the tape one year from today and there are articles everywhere is Carson Wentz the QB one over Aaron Rodgers, and like we're all up in arms. And Carson Wentz, even though he's got torn ACL, like he might be the QB one. Like, what's going on? And here we are finding him at eight. Literally, you know, twelve months later, it's it's crazy how quickly things change. But um, still, a lot of upside from Wentz, and I don't I don't necessarily hate eight, um, but, but yeah, yeah, a lot of upside from him still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that too. I think. Uh, I, th- I think he's probably, I, in my opinion, that's probably right where he should be. Um, I think he needs to drop down a little bit, though, um, just just based off of the year. And then some of the some of the things we hear with the locker room, and I don't know how true they are. I know a lot of teammates have come out and said that, hey, he is not a problem in the locker room, and, and I tend to believe that probably a little bit more. However, I mean, there's, there's some stuff going on in Philly. I don't know if it was just a Super Bowl hangover or not, but it, it's concerning enough for me to move him down a little bit, you know, just just – it, it Wentz just didn't look right, and I'm not sure um, that it was anything more than just just that a Super Bowl hangover. But we'll see. Um, I'd still be willing to invest in him there, and maybe maybe a little bit higher, maybe a spot or two, but not 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 terribly much. Yeah, it's like I said. I mean, I think I've got him at six, and I I wanted to keep him in the top three. Part of the problem was you know the emergence of Pat Mahomes. The return of Andrew Luck, and it from there it, it you know it's it's more that Carson Wentz got pushed down than he fell on his own merit. But uh, but also real quick, that's kind of my issue with making huge sweeping changes in uh, both rankings and ADP based on one season performance. Carson Wentz. You know, you know, like you said, J. Mike, people were taking him as the quarterback one a year ago, and now we've got him at quarterback eight. That means that people way overpaid a year ago, and he lost a ton of value for essentially being hurt more than anything. And then the fact that BDNF had a, you know, a, a end of the season like he's prone to having, and it, it it's just that's too much of a correction for me, but. Uh, anyways, number nine is Cam Newton. It's so interesting. I, 
I don't want to stop it, but real quick, I I do I, I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on Cam. Like, what what do you do with him now? I, I I mean, I had this guy as a top five fantasy quarterback, and then you know the injury news now is so concerning that he's dropped for me, and I think that's why he's dropped in these in these ADPs. What? How do you guys value Cam? You know, given the recent kind of um, you know the recent uncertainty of regarding his injury and kind of his status next year. Uh, hold, holding on for dear life at this point. Um, he, the, 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 the problem is Cam Newton's highs uh, as a fantasy producer are so high, like, right? So, so we've watched the guy be top 10 five different seasons, um, and we've watched him be one, two, or three in three of those seasons. So like the, the ceiling's crazy high, but when he's not right or in those seasons where he's off, kind of on again, off again. Like, for example, just in, in the last six seasons, 2013, Camps QB6, 14, QB17, 15, QB number one, 16, 17, <laughs> 2017, QB2, 2018, QB13. So it's like the volatility is crazy, but his highs are crazy high. So if you have him, I'm probably holding him where I am, I'm not necessarily looking to get out, but uh, obviously you don't feel great about the, the, the news of him possibly missing next season, which you've got to figure out a contingency plan if that's the case. So real quick then, in, a, in let, let's say you're in a startup, um, you know, a super flex startup. His ADP is right now is 33. So, you, you know, you're looking at um, you're looking at the ninth quarterback off the board and you're at the 33 spot and Cam Newton's available. Are you comfortable taking him there? Would you would you want to wait longer? Do you think that that's about right? I'm not comfortable. And that's really tough to say. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Right now, if I'm doing a draft right now, I'm, I'm nervous to take Cam. I want him to be someone else's, um, like, ticking time bomb, if you will. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. What about you, John? Yeah, it, 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 taking him there doesn't really fulfill the need, you know? I, you, you still have to keep taking quarterbacks because you don't know if you're going to have Cam Newton in 2019 or not. So, I, I mean, I think that that's why he's – fallen as far as he has but i i i think i would probably want to i'd probably knock him down a little bit farther just because of the fact that like even if i do take him you know just on his immense upside i still have to address the quarterback in super flex position you know i i didn't i i basically just filled a, a bench spot at least in the worst case scenario best case scenario i just got the steal of the draft but I, you know, you right now we have to proceed as if he's not going to play, and therefore you still have to address that position. That's a great point. So, real quick, then, where would he have to drop for you guys, as far as QB rankings? Right now he's QB nine. Where would he have to drop to where you guys would feel comfortable, you know, inheriting the risk that he he brings with uh, the injury risk that he kind of has for next season compared to his upside? Where would you guys feel like, okay, now it's worth now it's worth it for me? It's a really good question. The uh, and and Ho brings up a great point in that if you take him at, and he misses next year, it's almost like a wasted pick. Like you you forfeited that. And we were just talking about hey, you know, just don't lose your draft, don't lose your league early on in in your draft. Um, if we continue down with ADP, um, for me, and this might sound crazy, but I really like the Minnesota Vikings next year. I'm probably okay with taking Kirk Cousins ahead of him. I'm probably okay with taking Dak ahead of him, and I'm probably okay with taking Jimmy G. So 
I guess 12 uh, is, is probably where I draw the line. Yeah, okay. I agree on Minnesota, by the way. I was so down on Kirk Cousins going into 2018. And, I, I mean, it, it, a full year in that system now, a full year with those wide receivers. Uh, I, I, and this is another one that got overcorrected. So I'm going to be pretty high on Kirk Cousins. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's it's about the same in that, that quarterback range. Um, but for me, it's less about, like, where is he at in in relation to the rest of the quarterbacks. And it's more about where where does he fall just kind of in, in the overall draft. Um, and, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to draft him as a core member of my team, essentially. So I'd probably want to see him somewhere in, like, the sixth, seventh round is about where I would want to take him. And, I mean, you essentially just treat him like a, a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, the problem is you can't put him on taxi squad. You you would be able to put him on IR. But, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. You just you have to wait a year for, for a return on that investment. So you can do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, sixth or seventh round is, is about where I would be looking for. That's the earliest I would want to take a lotto ticket like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that totally makes sense to me. And again, we don't know anything indefinite. I mean, or there's nothing definite about, you know, Cam missing the year for sure. I mean, he might not miss any time is, is what we're hearing. We just don't know. Um, so so that's that's the lottery ticket part of it. But um, it definitely is interesting to see where where people value, um, you know, him at this point with with the risk that he brings now. So uh, yeah, no, that's really interesting. Um, you, you can go ahead, John, if you wanted to, to go ahead and knock out the next few quarterbacks. So it was uh, Kirk Cousins and then uh, Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but I, I actually would like to, to me, that's a great segue into a couple trades um, to wrap up this show, if you guys don't mind. Let's do it. Let's do it. Nice. You can You can send your trades to at Superflex Show on on Twitter, or you can send it to any one of us individually. I'm at Superflex Dude. James is at underscore James the Brain. And send them to J Mike as well. I got to get J Mike's. J Mike, what's your, tw- what's your <laughs> Twitter handle, J Mike? At J Mike Check. At J M I C Check. Check. That's, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. D- J Mike would love to break down some trades as well. So s- send him some too. Um, Do but- it. Yeah, and uh, every one of us, though, we can we can retweet them. We can help you get more votes and more comments, and and but then sometimes we can bring them here on the on the podcast and break them down. And we're going to do that right now. This one's from Will Cavanaugh. He sent this one to to me. Uh, this is a uh, half PPR Superflex league. Team one would get Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton. And Tyrell Williams. Team two would get Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles, Adam Thielen, and 1.05 this year. Yeah, give me a rod and campsite uh, 50 times over. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, yeah, over and over. Yes. Yeah, I, I seconded. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, you're well, you're can... sending me two guys, two guys that are potentially top five quarterbacks in any given year. Like, come on now. Right. Yeah, and you know, feeling, but he he gets a little bit of a he gets knocked down a little bit by this only being half PPR. 
you get 1.05, which is, you know, inflated a little bit in a super flex league, but that's still, it, it's it, it's largely lotto tickets beyond Thielen. No doubt. And and then the question becomes, if you're, if you're, when you say the 105 being inflated, like in a year where quarterback is down by most folks who, who do this scouting and whatnot, mm-hmm. is, is it still inflated? Like we, we can't necessarily assume that anymore, correct? Uh, high in the draft? I think that it still gets inflated a little bit. I mean, I still think that these quarterbacks probably go in the first round of Superflex drafts. It might not be a situation like it was last year where, you know, Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen were going in the top three or four. Um, But I do think that the quarterbacks do end up going in the first round, at least some of them. Whereas in a a one-quarterback league, you're probably not drafting a quarterback until kind of the mid to late second round. So I I do think it inflates it a little bit. But yeah, I mean that's a that's a good point. One oh five is not nearly as safe this year as it was last year or likely will be next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one one of the things that always stands out to me a little bit and I, I always get taken back by is when I'm when I'm offered a trade and it's two of my guys for five players in return, I typically like ninety nine percent of the time I'm probably going to end up rejecting that trade. And there's two reasons for it. Either a, I have to I, I, my roster is probably full, so I'm probably having to find guys that I have to drop in order to make this trade work. So that's that's the first thing that I don't like. I don't like having to find guys on my current roster that I have to get rid of just to make a trade work. And second of all, normally if you're getting five guys and you're giving up two in in this scenario, or even if it's, you know, you're giving up three and getting five, you're probably giving away the better players, you know, and um, it it often kind of, kind of becomes five different pieces that people can piece together that they can live without for two, two, you know, players that are core assets of your roster. So, uh, to me, that's something always to look at too. If you're getting those trades and you're getting, you know, five or six players in return for three, you know, you you might want to really analyze it and really look closely at it and see if it's going to work for you. Because most of the time, I, I find that it it's not worth it for me um, to do that kind of a kind of a trade. So, yeah, totally. And the one other thing with Cam Newton, there's a huge difference between taking him in a startup draft and trading him away when he's already on roster. If I already have him rostered. I have to know for sure that he's going to miss the season before I'm going to sell low on him. So, yeah. One more trade, and then we'll uh, and then we'll get out of here. And this came to the Superflex Show account. Um, this is uh, and this one I particularly picked out for you, J. Mike. So this is from Nathaniel Broton, our friend at Nathaniel Bro on Twitter. Uh, he says, "I got my first Leonard Fournette share, but not sure how I feel about it." It's a 10-team Superflex PPR dynasty, uh, two points per uh, for every uh, 10 yards rushing. So a little bit of a boost there for running backs. Which side do you prefer, Fournette or Kenyon Drake, Matthew Stafford? And there's a draft pick, 2024th. We can kind of ignore that. That's pretty much a throwaway. So it's basically Stafford and Drake for Leonard Fournette. Where are you at on this one, J. Mike? Come on now, we, we, we Saxon Saxonville stand up. Come on, um, the put, placing my bias to the side for a moment, trying to anyway. Um, like you said, ten team, two points uh, per every ten yards rushing. Yeah. So 
in, in an instance where Fournette and Coughlin have made up and life is peachy again down in Jacksonville, uh, he's still the primary running back. He's still the starter. He's still the guy set to receive all that groundwork. And uh, unless philosophy changes from the organization, even if they bring in a more competent quarterback, I'm not sure how much further down his touches go. Um, Fournette's going to be a guy who's still going to be getting work. I'm, I'm taking Fournette here, and a lot of people are out on Fournette, and I can understand why, because obviously the best part of ability is availability, and he's not always been such over the last two seasons. But if he's in and he's getting the work, he's a game changer in a 10-team uh, league that, that you need to be able to, to push for a title. So I'm taking Fournette there. Yeah, I I agree. <laughs> I I you're making this easy on me, J Mike, when I follow <laughs> you on these. Um, yeah, I agree. I, um, I'll take Fournette there too, and I have concerns about Fournette, but um, I don't think that that package is anything that I. I, I mean, I'm not very high on Stafford, um, Kenyon Drake. There's a lot of questions on what's going to happen in Miami there, so I I don't feel like I'm getting anything back that is going to to help my roster. Um, so I I think I would probably take Fournette too. It, so for me, it's not even that I agree. It's just that I I needed to hear from somebody who's a little bit closer to the to the you know to the news cycle around Leonard Fournette. Oh, you you wanted some insider trading action, is what you wanted. That's that's what mm-hmm. I was going for, and I should have done this <laughs> off air. But <laughs> he's he's you are I, definitely just... you're a throwback wrestler. You are right now. You are the IRS in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yes. that's what we're at here. <laughs> yeah. All right, you're all about the paperwork and the process. Yep, 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 and all the all the <laughs> backdoor scheming. I'm just I'm just so thrown off by the fact that we didn't have a format. I'm just I I'm not I'm not myself. I'm not my uh, <laughs> I'm not making the calculated moves that I normally should have made. And now everybody in my leagues, because everybody in all of my leagues listens to the Superflex Super Show. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now they're gonna know that I'm after Leonard Fournette because I just got some some insider information. <laughs> The, the the good news the good news is this um, it, this this podcast will not make or break their opinion on Fournette so you will still be able to probably get him at a value in most places and most importantly John you made it through an entire podcast without having without to plan. meticulously plan out every single step of the way how yeah, do man. you feel that's so crazy man. Yeah, I might even uh, I might go a day without taking a shower and and. <laughs> oh no! Oh, yeah. I think we're going in the wrong direction here. I'm yeah, a... we're unraveling a little yeah. bit, Mike. I'm I'm just I'm I'm feeling wild now, feeling dangerous, like my boy Baker. You would. <laughs> I'm gonna go out into this uh, this Denver air wearing shorts tomorrow, <laughs> just to, just because nothing can stop me now. I can. I'm. I'm ready to take on the world. Now that we made it through this, but Jay, Mike, God, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's. It, it's always such such a pleasure, and it's always so fun to get to talk with you, and uh, can't wait to bring you back and uh, and catch up with you again. Thank, thankful to be here. Thank you again, guys, for having me. I greatly appreciate it. And the next time that I do come. We can we can go your route and have the more structured show. I'll button myself up a little <laughs> bit, and and I'll try to be on my best behavior so that I, I don't put you in the meat sweats again. We don't want that. 
<laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know that we can. I don't think that we can go back now. I think we're <laughs> we're too far gone at this point. Um, but also, yeah. I mean, I would I would hate to see what J Mike on his best behavior looks like. That's just that's uh, to me that's not appealing. I uh, yeah. I don't it's think not pretty. That, Mike. It's not pretty. It really isn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, real quick, where can the people find your work? Uh, so, um, podcasting, uh, is, is the name of the game right now. Um, so, uh, one of my podcasts that I'm a part of one half of the tag team over at the open bar podcast, uh, with Gabe gearing, uh, you can find, uh, him on Twitter at FF You can find the show's handle, uh, at the open bar FP as in fake pigskin. And I'm on Twitter at J Mike check at J M I C check. Uh, the show comes on on Tuesdays, uh, Tuesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Live YouTube show, wide open format, lots of fun, craziness. Uh, both of these gentlemen have uh, graced us with their presence in the open bar. I think they both had a good time. Uh, we have to have you again soon, by the way. Um, but also doing some work for the Dynasty Dummies. Shout out to those guys uh, who allow me the platform to be able to do, to do the Dummy Blitz podcast. Typically, it's about 15 minutes going over the, the comings and goings of the season, uh, of the week's games and, and things that I find interesting or just want to ask questions about. So um, both of which are fantastic. You can find that on the Dynasty Dummies uh, podcast feed. Again, those guys are fantastic. They, get, they allow me to be uh, a small piece to the overall amazing wheel that they have going there. So, uh, yeah, that, those are the places that you can find me and certainly happy to interact and uh, give you my two cents on trades and ask questions and try to keep conversation going because this dynasty community is fantastic. We have a lot of fun and obviously bringing super, super flexi back is, is the only way to go. Oh, music to my ears. Yeah. yeah. Both, both of those podcasts are, are unique formats. They're both a lot of fun. Um, both very informative. Uh, and, and the open bar is just a party for everybody, not just the people who are actually guesting on the show. You know that 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 comment thread gets just totally lit up, <laughs> and uh, sometimes there there yeah. even more fireworks in the comments than uh, than on the show itself. So yeah, make sure and join. You know, even when we're not guesting on there, we we still pop in. And I'm I'm more of a lurker. I don't. Uh, I I have way too much social anxiety to actually comment. <laughs> But uh, it's I still I do that better than anybody. Um, I just hang back and uh, um, you know put my hands on my hips and shake my head at everything that Jake Anderson says. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that's the beauty of the open bar is that you get to come in and and do and be everything that you want to do and be. You can put your hands on your hips and and shake your head in disdain for everything that's being said. You can comment away until your fingers bleed uh, and anywhere in between. Uh, that's that's the beauty of it. So yes, well, one, welcome one and welcome all. Certainly. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't think Jake Anderson misses an open bar. I think if he hears the words "open bar," Jake just immediately <laughs> is gravitated to it because he's I, he's there all the time. And yeah, I do the same thing, John. I look back and I just kind of read the comments and uh, and and I, I enjoy it that way, just being able to kind of kind of kind of sit back and not be involved in the uh, in all of it, but uh, but get to take it in. It's always fun. Yeah, Jake's usually fashionably late though. Which I, I think that he probably does that in real life. That's my guess. He uh, he loves to keep people waiting and just to, just to let them know that he's worth it. But <laughs> it's uh, yeah it, yeah. So join the party um, Tuesday night, 
and uh, me and James will be there, um, not commenting, but definitely listening. <laughs> and <laughs> judging everything you have to say. Yeah. yeah our, <laughs> so our, if you our, comment, prepare to be judged. It's yeah. Cool. The, the, most, the most judgmental uh, presence that I can provide. So, yeah, thanks again, J. Mike. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll have to do it again soon, man. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much for your time. Yes, indeed. Appreciate you guys. Thanks again to J. Mike for joining the conversation. He's at J. Mike Check on Twitter, so give him a follow if you aren't already. And while you're at it, if you aren't already, if you would subscribe to the podcast, we would really appreciate that. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we are available and uh, those subscriptions really help us to expand our reach. The other thing that helps us a lot, if you have the the ability to do it on your podcatcher, if you would give us a rate and review, those ratings and reviews really help us to expand our reach, get out to new audience members, and really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. You can also subscribe to the entire DLF family of podcasts, the mega feed, and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And again, send us your trades on Twitter, at SuperFlexShow. You can also send it to each one of us individually. James is at underscore JamesTheBrain. I'm at SuperFlexDude. Travis is at TravisNFL. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah,